You're listening to Frankly My Dear, the podcast. I'm Fariza. And I really just want to hear from you, women with a story to tell. No lies, no drama. Okay, maybe just a little bit. I hope you like it here. Let's get started. Hi everyone, I'm Fariza and this is Frankly My Dear, the space that invites women in our communities to have honest conversations with each other. And I don't know if you guys are know this about me but um, you could probably tell that I'm quite liberal when it comes to some of my views but to tell you honestly um, I think I'm a little conservative when it comes to talking about sex and so I look forward to feeling uncomfortable and a bit awkward today with my guest who who does nothing but talk about sex and that is her mission to get women to uh, be more open about sex and love and to take ownership of their own pleasure. I have Noreen here today, founder and owner of Shy and Curious, a platform that basically, you know, encourages women to be more open about their own sexuality. And I'm really, really happy to have here to uh, have her here today. Hi, Noreen. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you know, I had no idea that you were actually super conservative already that you were sure about this. So. I, I think it's just something that I never really got a chance to talk about openly with anyone. Yeah. Because it's just not something that I am used to. And maybe that's something that we can explore later, like how how your attitude of um, perception towards sex and love is so different from mine. And I wonder at yeah. what point in our lives did that, <laughs> did did that, that How did that work out, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that was that's the reason behind starting Shy and Curious as well. Because I know, I know I'm actually like an anomaly. <laughs> Even my friends, they tell me sometimes I need to like shut up about <laughs> talking all about sex and love all the time. Right. Um, but that's, that's the point of Shy and Curious. You know, I'm... I'm right, always writing and researching about things like this. So then, um, you know, we can learn to just discuss it openly. Um, but also know that, you know, what I'm doing is I'm just telling you what the options are or what resources there are, but it's really up to you. It's like really up to you to Absolutely. decide what to do next. Yeah. yeah. Before I think we talk a little bit more about uh, Shy and Curious yep. and, and your your passion, um, I'm curious to learn more, or cu- curious, <laughs> no. uh, to learn more about your childhood because I, I really want to know um, who Noreen was like, okay. before she became Noreen. How All was right. your childhood like? Well, um, <laughs> so I think to be upfront first, um, I am I'm mixed. I'm half Malay and half Chinese. Uh, my mom is Malay, the Malay side of me, and and I guess in a way, growing up, I didn't really have a typical uh, Malay Muslim childhood in that sense. So, so for example, you know, uh, we did go for like uh, religious classes, but we also had we would have the Bible, we would have the Feng Shui guys, or read horoscopes because my my dad is more of like the spiritual kind. Right. Um, so that's Chinese. My dad is Chinese. Okay. Yeah, but but there's a the thing too is. He's born Chinese, but he actually grew up in um, Sikh family because he was adopted by them. Whoa. So yeah, so basically we didn't have any, I guess, cultural norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never understood that that was actually unusual until, you know, you go to school and uh, you don't really fit in with the Malays or the Chinese. So I was always my own, like my own person. Mm-hmm. Um, so childhood-wise, I mean... Uh, my mom was a housewife, um, and so we really grew up like 
under her and I mean she she has passed on but uh like she's still kicking my ass even now <laughs> like like with all her lessons like sometimes I'll hear her voice at the back of my head like you know I told you so or like yeah she's still advising me from beyond yeah. um but yeah in terms of childhood I think because uh, I'm also the eldest so and I always got things done my way mm. <laughs> because there was um yeah there was no real conditions or expectations on me I mean already I guess my mom did want me to be like a good girl kind of thing mm -hmm. but um I would I was close to my dad back then um and you know we would always I'll be reading a lot uh, I've always loved to write even at a young age and uh, my dad and I I remember like we'll have really adult conversations even as a kid mm -hmm. we would actually sit outside the house um, and just be on you know the balcony corridor kind of thing and he would tell me about like just life so we have all this like spiritual philosopher kind of like talks and and so uh, I guess that really shaped my upbringing mm. yeah was sex something that was openly discussed since you were a kid yes and no I think uh, obviously no like not when we were before puberty probably no okay <laughs> um but I, I mean, there were the usual talks, like, you know, like, don't get pregnant, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it was probably when, I want to say when we became teenagers. Um, it wasn't, like, openly discussed, but definitely um, there were kind of hints of it. So, you know, me and my siblings, we were always sharing the same room, and then suddenly... Because, you know, my brother's a teenager, then we all had to, like, split up and not, like, like stay in the same room kind uh -huh. of thing. So, you get little hints of that uh, growing up. But it was only when I was, uh, after I moved to New York, um, and then my mom knew, of course, I, you know, had boyfriends, and I was already, I mean, my sexual debut. So, she was really upset at first. Like, I, I don't know how many times I've been disowned, <laughs> like, like, in terms of, like, lectures and and uh she wouldn't talk to me for you know a couple of weeks on men's cold shoulder but in the end um she would start opening up as well mm -hmm. so you know we'll make jokes about like um boyfriends or, or experiences uh that now looking back like even back then we were my friends they were like you're so weird why are you talking about this stuff your mom is like creepy <laughs> did you know this about your mom that she was really open about you know talking about sex with you she always had a very body sense of humor okay yeah so even what what i remember is when we were kids and we would go like stay over at our cousins or stay over at our grandma's right and she and her she and her um siblings they would just make really dirty jokes. I feel like it's a, it's a Malay Muslim kind of culture. Like, I don't yeah. think so. I don't think <laughs> I don't that was know. my... <laughs> I think my memory of, like, my mom. Because uh, to give you, like, a really good example of, like, the conversation I had with, with my mm -hmm. mom, um, I had the first sex talk with my mom uh, the day before I got married. So oh, wow. essentially, she was just... She, she just sat with me and she said, tomorrow you're getting married, you're going to have your first night. Yeah. And this is the, the prayer that you should recite. And... 
be safe and that was literally and that was it. it oh my yeah. gosh this so, is like Bridgerton <laughs> exactly so it's like mind blowing that you're having this like talk with your mom about, about sex and stuff like that which I yeah. think is really really cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh mom okay now now you've blown my mind because I'm like whoa that's kind of late no yeah well I, I'm assuming that you know you would talk to friends or like google it before but that was that that was definitely a scene from Br- Bridgerton. Have you seen it yet? No, I I haven't. I don't. I think it's too much sex, and I think that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of an extension of like how I I manage uh you know like conversations around sex. I just try to avoid it because sometimes I think it's just too in your face. Like yeah. it's interesting that you brought up Bridgerton because yeah, I I thought it it was too much sex for yeah. me. You like it? I it was something that my one of my best friends she told me like you gotta watch Bridgerton it's, it's all for you and initially I because I don't like period dramas yeah. you know and um, and what was interesting I don't know if you know the story uh, but but it is based on I think some like love novels or like a series right um, and it's set back in like like uh, Victorian days mm-hmm. and there is a scene where basically she's She's basically being shopped around to find like the perfect husband. Okay. Right. And uh, she's like this lady, and she's being shopped around. And then uh, there is the scene where, where yeah, she's about to get married to the duke, and uh-huh. then the mom also brings her in and just like, hey, tomorrow's your first night. Just you know, I don't, I don't even remember what it was, but I just remember the main character was still very confused on okay. what was supposed to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then that. I won't spoil the rest of the series, but basically it's because of that confusion and that no one ever told her what was expected in the bedroom and that leads to like a mess later on. Oh, I thought that w- yeah. that led to her sexual awakening and all she did was have sex like every episode or something. It did, but then <laughs> it also it also got to... Uh, I'm going to just end up spoiling it. So, <laughs> so basically, she doesn't realise that... Because she wants kids, right? And he doesn't want kids. Mm-hmm. But she thought he like couldn't produce kids okay but and so he was actually just he kept pulling out at the end of it uh, when he was climaxing he would pull out and she this is in the show this is in the show this is, but of course they're not they're not showing his penis or whatever yet like they're making oh it very okay. yeah they're, they're still making it very uh clean and right. um, and so what had happened was that she realized that to be pregnant you actually have to climax inside her and she, I think she learned that from a servant or something. And that, so she was really pissed off because oh. she was like, how dumb am I that I don't know that actually you can have kids. You just don't want kids. Right. But it, it's, I think it was actually very interesting and, and because it also led to like a scene where basically, because, um, you know, you, there's non-consensual sex, but you see it from the guy's point of view because basically she latched on to him and she wouldn't let him go. Mm-hmm. Um and he ended up like uh, coming inside of her. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you okay? <laughs> you no, no, okay. I'm just yeah. I'm really confused yeah. right now. And just yeah. so 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 he he <laughs> ends up like uh, coming inside her, which you know if you look at it another way, it's considered rape. It's considered like because right. he did not consent to to do that because he in the show it, he was he kept trying to push her off, mm. and then and then of course they waited a while to see if she was pregnant or not. Uh, I thought that was really interesting for them to include that um, in, and actually everyone almost siding with the guy. 
that it was non-consensual. So. That goes to show that uh, sex education is very important. Yes, going back to the <laughs> and, and, and talking about sex ed, mm-hmm. um, I wonder, you know, if you have memories of, of sex education uh, in school, like what was your memory of Honestly, learning about no. sex for the first time? I, I, the only time that I, the only thing that I remember, and I don't know if it's because I have like a shitty memory, is I remember being in primary school, maybe we were 11, 11, 12, and the Kotex lady came. Kotex, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And then uh, I'm, I'm dating myself here, but the Kotex lady came, gave us, uh, gave the girls free samples. I remember like the girls had to go to a video room and we're supposed to watch this video. Uh, so the thing is, I have a phobia of blood. Mm. So I get excuse passes to not go for stuff like this. Okay. So I don't remember the video <laughs> because I don't I don't think I watched it. Right. Um, but all I was given is I was I definitely had a sample and then later on I asked my girlfriends what it was about and they were just like, eh, it was just, you know, getting on periods. Um so that also goes to bios because so I went to a girls' school mm. and again I don't actually remember us being taught sex ed. But I don't either, you know. Yeah. It's so weird because right. I, I also went to a girls' school mm. and what I remember was, like you said, uh, being you know shuffled into the library and then watching a video. I think ours was about abortion. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but I don't remember anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. I had zero. I had zero memory. So, like on one hand, I want to say yeah, I didn't have sex at all. But okay. then on the other hand, I just don't know if maybe it was, but it wasn't impactful enough. Mm. Definitely had conversations in, in um, being a teenager by then. Like when I went to JC and it was our co-ed school. Um, I don't think sex was really, we never really discussed it. You know, there'll be people during the rumors, you know, how so-and-so slept with so-and-so, mm. that kind of thing or like. But again, no one would sit down and say what actually happens. Yeah, you just kind of like, you just assume things yeah. happen. Yeah, right. Um, this idea of talking about sex, I mean, yep. obviously from the look on my face, like I'm uncomfortable already. <laughs> no, I feel <laughs> so like if there was a camera bad. here, I'm just like smiling That's away. <laughs> there are no cameras because yep. like the, the sheer level of discomfort right now, but yep. I'm, I'm pushing through because I'm really, really interested yep. in what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if it's normal for me to think that men are more comfortable talking about sex than women are, mm-hmm. which leads me to the question, um, do you think you know, locker room talk for women exists. So amongst you and your friends, yep. do you guys talk about sex openly? I think, okay, locker room talk is always going to be problematic, right? Because uh, that has been mentioned. I think there was that whole uh, Trump? saga and Trump as well, yeah. um, like last year with the podcast. So, so in terms of guys talking about sex, I feel... And, and versus like women talking about sex um, it's almost two separate things because I do think that depending on how close you are with your girlfriends mm. I think sex does come up but I am inclined to think that it's less about like you know who was good who was bad or, you know who was big like probably not as graphic mm-hmm. but I think we do connect it more like to the emotions right or like 
you know, dead bedroom. So what could I do? Or I definitely, definitely want to do the emotions. And again, my my circle is very different. Okay, tell uh, me about your yeah. circle. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. My my circle of friends. Uh, well, first of all, they know what I'm like. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm I'm a little skewed that way too. Because if they do have a conversation with me, they already know what to expect, right? Mm. Um, versus like yeah, maybe if I go to a group of strangers, they're gonna like freak out and run away. Mm. Um. But uh, yeah, because I went to um, I went to MG and I went to RJ. So and then after that, I, I left Singapore and then um, I was in New York for a long time. And so when I came back, uh, most of my friends also had you know they kind of grew up um, like grew up as adults like overseas. So when they came back, they they had a different mentality. Um, and uh, and I think that does affect in a way like how we see taboo topics like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not like we we come back and we're like going crazy. <laughs> but but I think um, uh, we we realize that sometimes um, keeping things to yourself is also maybe not the most um, ideal way of like you know if you have issues or repressing feelings isn't like the best way of, of dealing with right. this. Right. So. Yeah. Amongst your circle of friends, mm-hmm. um, it is normal to talk about your sexual partners and, and discuss like experiences. Uh, if there are problems or issues, it's normal for you guys to, to I wouldn't talk say, about it? Okay, normal is like a loaded word. Okay, <laughs> because okay. There's, there's no like... Uh, I wouldn't say... It's not like every time we meet out, the first thing we do is, hey, let's talk about sex. Right. Yeah, that's, that does not happen. Yeah. But if someone has an issue or if someone has uh, something that they do want to get off their chest I'm usually the first person they go to mm-hmm. uh, let's put it that way right yeah. and why do you think that is <laughs> so I'm always talking about it <laughs> well, okay yeah that that but um, that's a very interesting question mm, because this well okay it, it never like the way I'm probably coming off a cross is like I'm horny all the time and I'm no, always talking no, about no, no, no. it. I think you're very yeah. open and very honest about sex, which mm. I think is very refreshing. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know how that came about. So I've always been obsessed with love. It actually starts with love first. Mm. So because uh, I always wanted a boyfriend, like even even back then and uh, as, as, you know, growing up in, in primary school. But mm. I was always friend zone because uh, I was always too nice. Right. So I didn't even get my first boyfriend until I was like 21. Uh, which I guess is kind of late for for some standards, and because of that, I was always you know you'll read books like Sweet Valley High or Judy oh, Bloom, right? Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, I just want someone to love me, and then and then you know it was the era of the boy bands, and then like I was in love with Nick Carter and all of that. <laughs> so I, I I really imagine like yeah my white knight kind of come in save yeah. me, right? Yep. Um, so having said that, I was always I was obsessed with yeah finding a partner mm. and then when i moved to new york um and you know sex in the city was still on <laughs> so so because then i'm like oh my god i'm carrie bradshaw trying to find the love of my life and and yeah when you when you are in new york you definitely end up you know i guess love and sex kind of get together intertwine yeah. pretty much but probably the opposite way where you know you try you try um I guess I wouldn't want to say try your luck, but it's almost like 
unfortunately, sex comes first, and then you figure out if you know you're compat- compatible and you're in love. That mm. sort of thing. Mm. So it's very cheesy. <laughs> it's that cliche like good girl goes to New York and and just tries to find love by like going through a list of boys. Right, thing, right. And mm. from then, um, was there like a period or time where that was it? A specifically like one incident that mm-hmm. made you realize hey this is going to be my passion moving forward or this is who I am I think it's the opposite I think it's I I knew this was always a part of me but I was always repressing it mm. yeah because because uh, I guess even in New York even when my friends there uh, when we meet up it's always it's always okay what's the latest marine love adventure okay right and then I, I got into, I mean, I'm always a storyteller. And to me, when I'm narrating the stories, um, it, was always, it was always just that. It was like, this is my life experience and, mm. and that's it. Um, but it was very recently, I think, only about, yeah, about two years ago. So I was, I was with my partner and we were in a restaurant. I think we were like with his group of friends. And I think we must have been talking about sex because suddenly he like holds his hands across my mouth and he's like shh I'm like what and then he's like you know when whenever I talk to you you're always mumbling and you're so soft-spoken but the minute you're talking about sex your voice is so loud the restaurant can hear you please I'm like no this is my normal voice he's like no you're like on an octave higher uh-huh. like shh we're still outside yeah and then and it was really funny but that was my eureka moment I was like you know what why am I still repressing this like my girlfriends know who I'm, what I'm like, uh, and and people who do come to me, they, they share and talk to me about all this stuff. So, but it took it took the passing of my mom to like, like uh, kind of push me over the edge. Yeah, it, I mean it's gonna sound bad, but it wasn't like she passed and I'm like okay I'm gonna talk about sex all the time. But it was more uh, it was more of what we didn't talk about. Okay. Right, because we could make jokes about blowjobs and penises, but she couldn't tell me that she had a, a lump in her breast, right? And it was, and she hid it for like years until sadly, until like four days to her passing. Um, it was like such a huge shock and, and you know, of course you want to scold her, but she's like lying in the hospital bed and and then she's apologizing and she's just saying like, I, I thought I couldn't say it because you know, you're, you're my daughter. It's my aura, you know. It's this some things you can't share. Yeah, yeah that's and then but she's like, but please go get checked out, right? Um, but at a point of time, I was I was very confused. I was like, I was upset and confused, thinking, you know, we, we can like talk about the Marie-Pate stuff, and then but you were too ashamed of your body to to share and tell me this. So I just wanted a space where, yeah, you know, we can talk about sex all we can. But and we can talk about love, we can talk about relationships. Um, but I also want to make sure it's, it's also about self-love, it's about body acceptance. Mm. Uh, so yes, it's, it's everything like a woman deals with, right? Yeah, that we don't really... Everyone deals with it, but I don't think we actually openly share because it's very vulnerable. It's not easy, it's not easy. No, you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, it's to me, it's, it almost seems like a waste that mm. 
you were not able to share this experience of sharing curious with your mom. Yeah. I mean, because it seems like something she would have been so proud of, like you. Like yeah. you know, she'd be so proud of you knowing that you set this up. Yeah. Um, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> I know, me too. I'm just like... <laughs> but I... I do believe that things happen for a reason and because yeah. of that I think um, you know you've set up Shy and Curious and yeah. that's really become your passion yeah tell me more about this platform actually it's funny you say that because that's my barometer of if an article should go up online or not because okay. whenever I have an idea and I want to write it out I ask myself is this something that mummy would want to read about right or an even better one is like would mommy actually be afraid to read about this at first but secretly she'll be reading it and then only once she's done she'll be like oh yes this was a good article mm. that's how I decide if something gets published or not right. so and like I said you know even even beyond the grave she's still kicking my ass like mm. this way um, so I yeah a lot of shy and curious is uh, when it started out it was definitely geared towards her legacy and then keeping her alive in mm. a way um, and honestly it's only been four months so I forget I forget that because it feels like I've been doing this forever just because I'm so in love with it um, but slowly I'm, I'm trying to find my own voice um, I don't know if you noticed but I've been showing a lot more personal stories in there um, because as when I started off I wanted it to be very informative I wanted it to be just like guides and how-tos and tutorials uh, that's all that's still in the works, but um, it's one of those things that, you know, the feedback that I get is that people just don't want to feel alone, mm. and they want to feel like there's someone there to empathize with them, and not only that, but just know that, you know, like, hey, she doesn't have it all together too, so <laughs> so I'm okay, I'm okay, and we're all going to be okay. That's right. that's, the, that's what I would like to do with Shy and Curious. Yeah. What I love about Shy and Curious is that I think you completely hit the nail on the head because women, some women, mm -hmm. uh, like myself, are mm -hmm. still shy, but yep. still very curious about yeah. sex and we still want to learn, but very often we don't know who to talk to and there are yeah. just not very many resources uh, for women like us. So what I really thought was very refreshing was that you would share tips about sex toys mm -hmm. and you would write blogs and, and mm -hmm. articles about um, you know, appreciating your sexual partner, how mm. to communicate and, and stuff like that. So to me, that's been very, very enlightening. Thank you. Um, you know, to kind of extend this service to our listeners, mm. like I'm interested to learn more about, you know, this topic of sex toys because I think that was something mm. that you that you broached um, yeah. some time back. How do we help people explore their sexuality? Yeah. You know, for people who... Um, whether you know they believe in uh, sex after marriage or before mm -hmm. and they have a sexual partner and they want to explore this side of them yeah. how do we broach this topic of like sex toys okay this is, <laughs> is going to be a fun <laughs> one to dive into uh, just because it's huge I think what I always do like if, uh, if let's say someone comes to me and like hey Noreen you know I want to buy a toy I think the first question I would always ask is like why mm. Right? Uh, is it something that you would want to introduce with your partner, or is it something you want to explore on your own? Um, you know, the why is not judgmental at all. It's, it's more of a, uh, it helps me understand better where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. uh, because some people just assume a toy is going to be a solution to whatever issues they face, whether alone or as a partner, mm -hmm. right? Um, so once we figure out what is actually the real 
issue within. So if let's say, okay, my, like, let's just use me, right? So my first sex toy was actually a present from an ex. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was, it was actually the, the first, my, basically my first boyfriend because um, when, when we started out, uh, I'm going to be super blunt, uh, it was very difficult for me to come or to climax, right? And, um, and I didn't even think that was an issue because I was so young. I was like kind of naive, right? And then one day he came home and he had this, he's like, I got you a present. And then he shows me this little keychain. And I thought it was like a torchlight because <laughs> that's how small and tiny it was. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, what? I, I, okay, thanks. What is this? And he's like, oh, it's a, it's a vibrator. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's a vibrator to help you. Mm. I'm like, uh, okay. And I, I was weirded out at first because I'm like, I don't know how to use this. What is this? Is there something wrong with me? Mm. And I think that's, that's also a question that people will get like, oh, if I need a toy, is there something wrong with me or something wrong right. in the relationship, right? Because yeah. uh, I do have friends who maybe their partners aren't so keen on the idea because they're like, they'll, people always assume sex toys, aka is a dildo or a, a phallic uh, object. Uh, and that's not true. That's mm. not true at all. Um, you know, there's a lot of different types of toys, and it really is up to the person about what sensations they like, what they what they are okay with, what's what's a boundary for them. Um, so again, those are all things that that you know. If I were to advise someone to start off with, um, you kind of have to know yourself and your body, mm. right? Um, and and yes, that really does mean you have to actually spend time on your own to I hate to use the word like explore your pleasure because it sounds very like it sounds so hazy like what exactly is explore your pleasure yeah right? yeah um but it does involve like touching yourself um but you need to find time and you need to find a space where you're not you're not in your hate space mm. right so it's not like you're gonna steal 10 minutes while like your parents are <laughs> at the market or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, like you have, because then, then that also adds on to stress. Like, you basically, you want to be comfortable. You don't want to be stressed out. You don't want to feel like there's an end goal. Mm. I think that's also a thing. Because the minute you're like, you start putting KPIs to this kind of thing, then it's like, uh, you're, you're still not going to really understand your body. Right. And, and also, that's another thing too. Like, people think sex, aka, means... I need to get an orgasm, he needs to get an orgasm, and that's it. Mm -hmm. But it's just pleasure. It's just, um, you know, whether you're alone or, or with a partner, it just means you both have all the feelings of um, euphoria and, and, and just feeling good in your body, you know. And that doesn't mean it has to end in, like, an orgasm. I've gone completely off tangent about, like, sex toys, but that's, that's the idea. So the idea isn't, like, I'm going to get a toy to, like, come. You mm. know? Even though, yes, that was how my first boyfriend started this idea. But it was also just introducing different sensations. Mm. Um, most people don't know this, but actually, women... Um, only 30%, I believe, can climax from penetration. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so there is actually nothing wrong with you if you cannot climax from penetration with a partner so it's not like what Bridgerton um, no that, that, that's what I was, that was one of the things I, I hated because I'm just like come on she's like coming in every single scene right, right. probably with his magic penis uh, <laughs> which is, is yeah that, that does not if, if it works for you great 
that's amazing. I'm very jealous of you. But no, the, the truth is um, it is actually normal that you require other stimulation. Mm. It's, and, and, and that's why you have so many different toys. So you have like internal toys. Those are, those are the dildos. Those are um, basically whatever that kind of looks phallic that can be inserted. Uh, uh, that's like a penetration toy. Right, and then but you have the external stimulators, uh, which are your bullet vibrators, um, and and they don't have to be big; they can be very small, discreet. Um, the one of my favorite kinds is it's called a, a clit sucker. Um, uh, sorry, what? Yes, <laughs> a clit, <laughs> a clitoral sucker, okay. which is kind of a colloquial way of saying it. Uh, I, I think I forgot that's that's an actual scientific term. I think it's like air pressure technology. Okay, uh, you'll be surprised at how high tech some of these toys are. Um, and and basically what it is is it's it's gonna look a little like uh, oh my gosh, I wish I can show you this, but <laughs> it uh, it it looks it has a little nozzle and basically you put it um, on top of your clit mm-hmm. and it mimics the sensation of oral sex. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is it okay? Can I ask? Like yeah. because I've never seen this toy before, I sure. imagine it has like suction or something like octopus. Um, is it like no, that? No, <laughs> no. That's the scary part too. Like it's like some people assume there. I've seen like ads for toys where it looks like a, a tongue or like you know twenty tongues spinning. <laughs> I I have not tried those. Those kind of look scary to me too. Okay. Um, it does not immediately suck. There, there is. It is uh, the the brand that came out with this is Womanizer. Okay. They were the first to have this uh, technology, and after that, you have a lot of other brands. Um, that you know kind of improved on it or they have their own versions of it uh satisfier is one of them uh, those those are really good brands uh but what it does is it just uses air and there are settings on it that will pay, basically you can set the intensity you can and and it also has pulses to it mm. um so it doesn't feel like you won't basically you're not gonna you're not gonna cut off sensation you're not gonna get numb from it mm. right like um it does uh, you have to definitely explore what works for you um, because not every toy is the same mm. um, but that's uh, that's for people to know that you know it, sex toy doesn't just mean that like, you need something up, up your vagina yeah yeah. yeah. no I think it's interesting and still blowing my mind Mm -hmm. constantly that um, only 30% of women can reach orgasm through penetration and I think that's important because sometimes I think men take it upon themselves or they find it as an insult that your partner is not able to climax oh my god tell me about it (laughs) I mean that's yeah yeah, and and there's always this feeling of um, you know is, am I not enough or yeah. are we, do we not gel yeah. together and that kind of thing yeah. I think that's important for, yeah. for women to take note of um, for our listeners who uh, like like I said who are married or mm-hmm. exploring you know new experiences with their sexual partner mm-hmm. um, especially for someone who is experiencing it for the first time yeah. for someone who I think sex is just not something that they talk about or think about often yeah. what would you say are some of the best ways to communicate with your partner, like what your needs and your interests are? I love this question. Um, I think, well, in any partner, but especially if, if you're talking to like a sexual partner, right? Because uh, I think sex can be scary. Yeah, like sex is scary because you are so vulnerable and it's tied up to, I guess, a lot of 
it can tie up to insecurities of your own, like your own body, um, but also just emotions. You know, like I don't, I don't even remember, like um, you know, when I was was in New York, there would be times that I'm like, what am I doing? You know, am I am I doing the right thing? I, this is against my upbringing. This is, I mean, honestly, yeah, it was against my religion. Like I, I felt like crap. Uh, so in a way, sex is just something that can be loaded and that's why when you are with a partner you want someone that uh, you can trust mm. uh, I would say trust is the first thing um, and openness because you might trust someone you might love someone but you need to be open and say hey this is my fear or hey this is what I like right so uh, you need respect for that um, because it's also it's also two ways like as much I think we always forget that guys are also just as insecure as us and like you mentioned you know like guys the minute you say something like I want to bring a sex toy in they're going to think oh my god I'm not enough or I'm not performing mm. right for them it is something that's tied up to ego it is tied up to like I am a guy I need to be good at this I'm the masculine right um, and so so when you're talking to a partner you you I would like to say that you also need to have empathy Okay. As much as you're, say, you're saying your boundaries, you're saying what you want, you also need to make sure that when you're talking to your partner, you're not cutting them down. Hmm. So, for example, if you want to say like, "Hey, this isn't working for me," right? You don't, yeah, you don't say like, "I hate it when you're like doing this," right? You, you say, "This, this is nice, but I prefer it this way." Like, mm-hmm. you always need a softer approach. I feel, um, unless of course it's, it's something potentially abusive or hurtful, then you just need to be firm and like, "Yeah, please do not grab my throat," or you know, things okay. like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's it, everyone has different styles, right? Um, and, and that's what you need to communicate. Mm. And I know it's one of those things that in theory, it sounds easy to do. But in practice, and especially if... Um, I would say... I mean, it's easier for me because, you know, my friends and, and my my partners know what I'm like. But I can imagine if, you're, if you are shy <laughs> and if you can't even really say, like, you know, vagina or whatever, or penis, mm. then it's, it's a bit trickier. Uh, so... What I would also advise is don't do it while you are in the heat of the moment. Have these conversations uh, when you're both like neutral, you know, in a neutral setting. Uh, definitely in a private and comfortable setting. You know, don't do it in a cafe if you're gonna freak out. Right? Um, but I would just start small. Just start small, and maybe there there are a ton of resources I I love uh, Esther Perel she's a great uh, relationship therapist Mm. Um, and she does uh, you know talk about how to have difficult conversations Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah so in terms of just like you wanna just make sure you feel safe I think that's the main thing whatever it is you do even if, if it's talking about sex but even just talking about the relationship in general if you and and that also goes that way, right? If you if you feel like you can't even talk to your guy about this, then you have to ask yourself why, and you also have to ask yourself then, well, why am I in it if I can't talk to him about all this stuff? Good right? point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I you know on, on this topic about um, exploring, I know you hate mm-hmm. that word, but I I yeah. think it's it it is an exploration because yeah. it's something that's not discovered before. Um, sometimes people find resources or you know um, learn about sex in 
different ways, right? Yep. It's either through talking to friends or mm-hmm. getting advice from their moms or mm-hmm. teachers. And sometimes it's through the internet and sometimes it's through porn. Yep. Um, I'm curious to know your thoughts about porn and the porn industry mm-hmm. because I know that it's it's a place where people discover their kings and yep. they learn about you know different sex positions and and expectations and stuff like that but I also think that it's very skewed or very much produced for the male case or for yeah. the male audience mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts around porn <laughs> as a way to teach yourself you know what what you like and what you don't like mm-hmm. so this uh, actually I would say the first time I saw sex was porn mm. yeah right and that was also by accident <laughs> I, I accidentally stumbled uh I'm just going to say out loud, like my parents were accidentally watching it thinking I was in bed. <laughs> and I, okay. and I just, I just remember being, I think I must have been in primary school and I was like trying to sneak up on them and uh-huh. like scare them. Did they know as in the they know and, No, actually up to now, this is the first time that I'm revealing this. Uh, so they didn't know that, uh, that we, that I wasn't, a, I wasn't asleep yet. Right. Right. So I, and they were watching something on TV and cause the thing is it wasn't, and it was just like it looked like there was this couple talking on the, the edge of a waterfall and then next next scene it cuts to like basically she's giving him a blowjob and that's when I realized oh my god I'm not supposed to be watching this and I ran back to my room mm-hmm. and uh, and you know kind of basically hide out but because that was so seared into my memory, right? And it goes back to the idea that hey yeah most of the time porn is probably going to be your first introduction to like physically seeing it right like, yeah. right um so for me uh i think the first thing to know is that it is fictional right so it, it, it is not a good place to settle with sex set you know in terms of like this is not necessarily what you're expected to do or what you're expected to look like you know um i have a lot of girlfriends who are also just like oh my god, I don't have big boobs, I'm not like screaming every time he's in me, am I doing it wrong? And that's what I hate, I hate like when someone says, am I doing it wrong? Because mm. there's no wrong or right, it's just like what feels good for you and feels good for your partner, right? Um, but on the flip side, uh, there's actually a lot of ethical porn. Um, and ethical porn is just like a nice way of saying it. It's, um, it's porn that is produced by women, Mm-hmm. Uh, for and it does have the female gaze instead, but they also actually it's almost like a, a real life sort of scenario, you know. And then um, ethical porn is also um, you know they pay the actors, um, the actors have a say in it. It's, there's consent, there's boundaries, um, because those are also things that I guess give porn a bad name. You know, you'll be like it's just revenge porn, or it was on not consensual, or it's. Um, uh, there is some of like uh, sexual trafficking, you know, it ends up on Pornhub, and you never know if what you're watching is like legit or not. So, mm-hmm. so I would advise if you do want to watch some of those for like, you know, just for your own, own pleasure or like tips and tricks. Um, I just realized this is Singapore, so maybe I shouldn't be saying. I was this. just thinking, you know, is, um, is porn illegal in Singapore? I have no idea. I no, I did look this up once. I think distributing it is illegal. Right. I think you can watch it. But then because they basically block a lot of the major porn sites, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why the ethical porn sites work. Because mm. they do work. 
and um Hmm. I don't We're know. not going <laughs> to share the links, but, but I yeah, think... but you can Google if you Google <laughs> ethical porn. Uh, and actually, this was this was a topic that I've been asked to write about on Shine Curious. So you never know. Yeah, I might have something up. <laughs> That's a good plug. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we should put a stop to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the the conclusion I, I would say is that porn. I mean, there are different types of porn, and I think if you were to engage or consume it I think make sure that your sources are safe not just for yourself but for the people who are involved in producing the the, the act itself and also you can get inspired by it but please don't think this is real life absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to ask and I think because this podcast is unique such that um, very often I think it does explore some pretty risky topics um, from the perspective of the Malay woman given that I am Malay I'm curious to ask, I mean, or to know, how do you personally manage your identity mm-hmm. as a sex-positive half-Malay woman? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I get this question quite a bit, actually, because um, I work with brands as well, and they, they, do, they are curious about why or if I've gotten any backlash. Mm. Uh, well, first of all, I'm still small. Um, it's only been four months. Um, but actually, you'll be surprised that Oh, actually, you won't be surprised because this is a topic that needs to be talked about. And so I do get uh, people who write to me explaining their situations. uh, And especially because they say, we can trust you because you would understand where we're coming from, Mm. right? Uh, Yeah, you would understand where we're coming from in context of like religion, but in context of like just the community. So these are Malay Muslim women who reach exactly. out to you in private and yeah, they okay. reach out to me in private and um, yeah, you can reach out to me on Instagram or, or the blog itself. Uh, so I feel very humbled by that because uh, sometimes it does feel like talking to a void, you know, when you write. Uh, and I have no idea what sticks, what resonates, people love it, people hate it, you know, so to, to get feedback and to get get the trust of all these people, um, yeah, I feel like that's something I don't take lightly. Um, so going back to your question of how do I deal with it as, like, yeah, half Malay, um, I do have the privilege of being, like, other, right? Mm. So I... I'm not super religious. Uh, I understand and I'm mindful, and as, especially uh, just being respectful to my extended family, of course. Um, they don't necessarily know what I do. <laughs> uh, but I've always, like, you know, growing up, I was always a black sheep anyway. Like, so they know that even when I was in New York, I would just do my own thing. Mm. And they just trust me. Uh, basically, they trust that whatever I do is not going to bring um, shame to the family. Then again, that's a loaded word, right? So what's, yeah. what is shame? So to me, all I think is if I'm able to, I don't want to say a service because it's, it also doesn't sound right, but if I'm able to make someone feel better about themselves and, and to make them feel less alone, mm. you know, because uh, I think everyone's a work in progress, even me, you know, I'm still unlearning a lot of things. I'm turning 37 and I still have like a lot of hang-ups about all this um, but in terms of just the Malay community I'm trying to avoid I'm trying to avoid my mom's story I don't want anyone to feel like my mom where she just felt like alone 
and I do feel like, and, and I understand, I understand that she could not share it with me because I am her daughter. You know, I did not have the life experience. There was that barrier in terms of our family duties and our family roles. So I, you know, looking back, I've, I've come to peace with that. But then that's why, that's why I keep going and doing this because if, if someone can come to me and say like, and read a, a, an article and be like, oh, I didn't know that. Or like, oh, I've been doing this the wrong way. <laughs> or, you know, you know, or like, like, as long as it opens up your eyes, I, I'm sure I'm going to get some flack or some, you know, I'm, you're, you know what it's like. Welcome you're, to the club. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're not going to make everyone happy. So if you can't make everyone happy, just as long as you know what you're doing it for and it's, it's with good intentions... Um, and it is for a purpose and mm-hmm. I think that's basically how I see it what I am supposed to do I think for people who are listening to this um, spoiler alert Malay women have sex yes and that's just <laughs> the reality of it you know mm-hmm. and and I think it's important to have you here because I think people need to just realize that women like us like you and me and all everyone else on, on the spectrum like we exist and yep it's important to bring this to light because like you said, the fact that women are messaging you mm-hmm. discreetly mm-hmm. because discretion is such a big part of, of um, talking about sex for some of us. Mm-hmm. The fact that you are offering this this platform, yeah. I think is really important. And yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, for my last question, I think, mm-hmm. um, what are your hopes and wishes for the woman who is on the, cu- on the cusp of her sexual awakening? Ooh, <laughs> this is a is a big one. Um, I think we've been touching upon it like throughout the whole this the session. You know, I I am. I really don't want anyone to feel alone. So I, if if anything, what I hope and I do want is for um, topics like this to be normalized. You know, we can talk about mental health now, which is great. Uh, you know, uh, that used to be taboo, right? That used to be taboo to say I'm seeing a therapist, for example. Um, but it's totally okay to be talking about like, you know, I'm eating five different diets or whatever, right? So I do want eventually that we can talk about all this type of stuff um, in, in order to, I guess, not sensationalize it. I don't want, I don't want people to walk away thinking like, like oh, I'm going to be, talking about like crazy erotica stories or like no the idea is just whatever works for you and to not feel not feel shame and guilt you know and as I'm, I'm super happy and I feel like it's it comes at such a right time because like um like I mentioned to you um that's actually I'm, I'm talking to a few brands and and they're all we're all on the same page about these things and and they're all also started up by like really strong women uh where they just want the idea of having safe spaces, you know, like like this podcast where uh, we get to to talk and share, you know, but not just just like I'm gonna word vomit everything out, but it's also then what can we do about it, mm. right? So I'm actually launching. I'm gonna plug in my go product ahead, here. Ahead, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I am launching 
uh, in March, uh, the Shy Concierge. Nice. Uh, I love the name. <laughs> uh, it was actually an idea that started out by my best friend because she's just like, you know, you can write all you want, but honestly, babe, I am still probably too embarrassed to go to a store and pick something up. Ah. Uh, and then she's just like, can you just buy it for me? <laughs> and then initially I was just like, what? What's the point of me writing all this crap if you're like, if, if you're still too scared to do it? And she's like, no, no, just you know, just 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 think about it. You know, it could be like a personal shopping thing. And then that's oh, okay. yeah. So tell me about strike once yet. Yeah. So that so that was also a eureka moment uh, where where you know initially I was a little like, oh my god, everyone's reading, but no one's gonna actually do it, right? Because it, it still takes a while to action something out. Uh, so the idea is that uh, if you, it's just not about sex toys, you know, it's like, um, so one thing's first, I am not a certified expert. I am going to tell that up front. Um, not yet. It's, you know, it's something I would love to be one day. Uh, but I am super happy to do research and also to, to just talk to you uh, about whatever it is that you need. So it's almost like, yeah, it is, I would say it's like a personal shopping service as that it's also part counseling slash just come and talk to me and figure out what you actually really need, right? So it could be anything from like, you want to get your first toy or you want to, you know, spice up your, your love life or, or you kind of one new lingerie or a new look or you know whatever to feel confident mm. um so the idea is that uh you know you can you can come to me or like I, i'll go to you and 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 also that, that was a big thing too because um like even though uh right now most of the brands they're very discreet with shipping and they don't even say the name of the brand but people are still freaked out because you know you send a box to your house and your dad picks it up I'm like what is this right so uh so whatever purchases it would actually I would it'll be sent to me and I'll go over and we'll meet up and I would actually be teaching and showing you how to do all this so you can also have it's a space where basically there's no stupid questions yeah I'm I'm just a <laughs> like treat me as your buddy so so that's really it and and also the thing is please don't buy don't, don't buy your toys from like Alibaba or like Oh, Amazon, because that's just like you—you you don't know what you're putting inside right. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all the brands and whatever recommendations I have, um, yeah, I just make sure it's body safe as well. Yeah, so so that's basically the the plug for Shine, the Shy Concierge. Um, but but that's just really it. I just want to make this topic just uh, relatable to people but also in, in a in a very compassionate way you know because i think i think sometimes uh we forget that that you know like like you you mentioned this is actually a very uncomfortable topic to you so i'm so proud of you for like talking to me about <sighs> it for an hour <laughs> right just i can see you, right now <laughs> i can see you like oh my god it's gonna be over soon <laughs> but i'm but secretly it, taking down notes now. you don't know really. <laughs> I, would, I would send you all the cliff notes yeah um but it's also just yeah i want to make i want to be a facilitator in this you know, and it's, it's not just sex, it's relationships, it's love, it's whatever you're uncomfortable about. That is what I would like women to, what I would hope for them to be able to take the time they need, but not repress it. Mm. Yeah. 
because I think when you repress things, you you know how does that whole mental and health connection, right? You repress things, you end up hurting yourself, your body, it ends up showing up in, in different things. Um, but it's also just to, to know that there is no normal. There's no, no such word as normal, right? Um, it's it's just, yeah, what everyone else is doing. But if, if you don't feel like that, then it's totally okay. It's just being comfortable in your own skin and at your own pace. So that's what my hopes would be. Noreen, thank you so much for your time with me today. Thank I, you for having you know, me. I find it absolutely <laughs> refreshing that that there is this woman who is who's really, you know, doing uh, doing what you're doing and helping other women discover a side of themselves that maybe they were not aware of before. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you interested to learn more, I know she did a lot, quite a bit of plugging, but you can <laughs> find Noreen on short, uh, shy and curious underscore com, where quote unquote you can explore sex relationships and self love. And I love this, without having to hide your Google search history. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite part. <laughs> uh, I'm Fariza, this is Frankly My Dear, and you've honestly been lovely. I'll see you next time. Thank, Thank you. Thank you.